or I was sprinkled as a christened as a baby, whatever you want to call it. Um, then when I was at school, I was in an Anglican school, and they talked about um, confirmation. And I kind of, I felt God speaking to me. I felt drawn um, to commit my life, if you like, to the Lord, and I got confirmed. And that was all well and good, but I was not born again. I was not filled with the Spirit, and I was not living a repentant life saying, actually, I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning from darkness to life. And I was not living in the power of the Spirit to live that life. So I carried on doing all the things that I'd always done. I was smoking, drinking, hanging out. You know, it was just, that was, that was my, my non-Christian usual kind of growing up. And then when I went to university, I met people who were really different. And there was something about them. And there was something different about them. And they were full of light and full of love, and that, you know, that, that just drew me, and I actually, then I, I met with the Lord, I met with the Lord Jesus, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I actually, I, my life was transformed, um, I was able to quit smoking, I didn't really go out drinking, I, I, I used to swear my head off all the time, like every other word coming out of my mouth was just horrendous, but that just stopped, it was almost like someone just cleaned my brain, and just, you know, I just stopped swearing completely, not, not deliberately, not like thinking about it, it just it was something that happened. And then I was um, kind of challenged about baptism. And I thought, well, I'm all right. I, you know, I got sprinkled as a baby and I've been confirmed. So that's all fine and well and good. But I actually felt convicted that, no, when I'd done all that, I didn't understand fully what it was that I was doing. And I was not born again when I made those decisions. Although I do believe that that was part of my journey and the Lord used those things, used the fact that I was searching him. So it's not invalid. But for me, I, I, I wanted to demonstrate, no, I have died with Christ, and I have risen with Christ. And so I want to be baptized in the water, which is the symbol that I've died, and I want to come out of that water so that I can say that is when I was baptized in obedience to the commandment of Jesus Christ. Be baptized in my name. So that's what I did. Now, at the time, my dad was dead against. He was absolutely horrified at the thought. He's like, well, you were baptized as a baby, and I went to your confirmation. I'm not going to your baptism. That's not how, he was really angry about it and really not going to come. And I just prayed, I fasted, prayed a bit more. I was like, Lord, just I knew I was convicted it was the right thing to do. My dad's a farmer, and the time that I chose to get baptized was the summer. Now, I don't know if any of you from a farming community, that is the worst time of year to do something if you want a farmer to come along. It's the busiest time of year. They're out all hours. I mean, you know, you're talking working from when the sun is up to when it's down to get the harvest in. Well, my dad left a trailer half full so that he could come back in time to have a shower and come to my baptism. Yeah? So if you've got fear about your parents, what are they going to think? There's nothing that God can't do. And don't let that stop you if you feel that, actually, I want to witness and I want to get baptized. Baptism is a really important step. It is obedience to Christ. Now, I'm not invalidating that other churches do things in different ways, but if your journey is that you're not sure, if you're not sure, have I, am I, whatever, 
get baptized. Amen. 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 Just give that to Ian. Excellent. Is this on? Am I on? Isn't it fantastic when you hear these uh, testimonies? <coughs> Drink, drugs. I don't know if you were you into drugs, Ackland? <coughs> yeah. You, well, you see, when I be <laughs> when I became a Christian. Uh, I, I came from a Methodist background, so drink was never an issue. I was 24 years old before I ever went into a pub, so drink wasn't an issue. Drugs, the nearest I got to drugs was paracetamol, and sex had not reached Northumberland. So we didn't have that problem either. <clears throat> but the one thing that God did save me from was dead religion. And that is a powerful an influence in your life as any of those other things that Ackland may have been involved in, those things she hasn't told you about yet. <laughs> but it's important, isn't it, that we come into the life that Christ has got for us. And this morning, it's all about us pushing on in the life that Christ has got for us and appropriating the inheritance he has for us. And if you were here two weeks ago, this is the sort of second part of that sermon about spiritual gifts. If you were here yesterday, and there were 70 people here for the prophetic conference, a fantastic time. If you were here, it's a continuation of that. And if you are expecting a sermon about a generous God, it is not about a generous God. So it doesn't sort of fall into the series. God is generous. I, there's some people looking very serious now. We know God is generous, but this doesn't exactly fall into that particular series, but God is good. Thank you. He's generous, and we are a generous people as we respond. And that's about as much a connection as you're going to get this morning. But glory. And what I want to do is I want to give what is essentially my New Year's message in preparation for 2023. Because I believe that we're entering into a, series, a time of preparation for all that God has got for us. You know, Christmas is only a few weeks away. And for those of you who are mathematicians, New Year follows a week after. Oh, it's amazing what education can do for you. And there are very, very few weeks left for, of the student term. And just think of all the work you've got to do between now and then. I think there's only about four weeks left. Glory to God. And basically, it serves you right for doing nothing for the rest of the term. So you get no sympathy. But this is a time of preparation. And I believe God wants to lead us ever deeper into all that he has got for us. So our generous God hey, is calling us to be a generous people. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? He's good. And he does this free. It's incredible. He does it for free. You know, a, a, a verse which has meant a lot to us as a community is from IS 50, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. And we know this very well. Enlarge the place of your tent. And we have taken that verse very literally. We have applied it to the vision God has given us for 400 and, and beyond. But this morning, what I want us to do is to apply that to each one of us individually. We have the corporate vision of enlarging the place of our tent. But what is God saying to us as individuals? The Christian Standard Bible 
translates it like this. Enlarge the site of your tent. Let, not, uh, let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your robes. Drive your pegs deep. Drive your pegs deep. And it's that whole issue of driving deeper with God that I want to challenge us on this morning. And some people may be completely and utterly put off by this message. I, I, that's not a burden I'm carrying, to be honest. Because I want to speak to the people whose hearts are open to move on in the things of God. Because as a church, there are things about which we are absolutely committed and convicted of. And we will not budge. Let that be known. There are things, there are lines in the sand that we will not change. And I believe this morning I'm going to touch on some of these. And the question is, where do you stand in relationship to these things? And I am challenging each and every one of us to dig deeper in, to drive our tent pegs deeper into the things of God in order that we might appropriate and enter into all that God has got for us in 2023. So let me just mention a few pegs that I believe God wants to challenge us on. Now, I'm, going to st- I'm not spending a lot of time on Bible reading. That is a given. Every one of us should be spending time in the written Word of God that we might be soaked in His written revelation to us so that when He comes and breathes by the Spirit, it becomes alive to us. You see, this book, without the Spirit of God, is simply a dead read. Whereas with the Spirit of God becomes the, life, the living Word of God to each and every one of us. And so we need to be grounded in the Word of God. So I'm just parking that one for the time being. Prayer is the one I really want us to concentrate on, but a particular aspect of prayer, and that is praying in tongues which is something we believe is a God-given right to every born-again Christian that we appropriate this gift of praying in a different language, praying in a spiritual language that God has got for us. Glory! And as we read through the book of Acts, what we see there is how often speaking in tongues accompanies the powerful infilling or baptism of the Spirit. Time and time again, it says, they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues. And I challenge you, read through the first few chapters of Acts, and you will see just how often these things are mentioned together. Praying in tongues is a vital spiritual weapon for each and every child of God. If you say it's something you don't want, what you are doing is you're turning your back on a God-given gift but also a God-given weapon in your spiritual fight to be a child of God and victorious. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says this. And this is in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Now, he does go on to say, if you prophesy, you edify the church. And Sally said plenty about that yesterday. So I'm not going to allow Sally to say anything this morning. So you can park that, Sally. But he says, anyone who speaks in the tongue edifies themselves. Now, what does this word edify mean? It means to strengthen, to build up. And the reality is, each and every one of us in this room, whether we have been a Christian for decades or whether we've been a Christian for a matter of a few days, every one of us needs to be built up in the things of God. We never get beyond that point 
of being built up where we can say, I'm strong enough. The moment we say we are strong enough, I can guarantee that you are inviting something that tells you you are not. So every one of us needs to be built up in the things of God. We need spiritual strengthening. And tongues are given in order that we might be built up. He said, everyone who speaks in tongues edifies, strengthens themselves. And brothers and sisters, this is a a wonderful gift given to you in order to strengthen your inner person that you might be more than conquerors in all that Jesus has got for you. And I think there's something absolutely wonderful about the gift of speaking in tongues in terms of strengthening us because we do not need to leave the house in order to do it. We don't need to go to a gym. Glory. I hear you. We don't need to buy a bicycle. We don't need to buy running shoes. We can do it sitting down in the front room and I am being strengthened as I communicate in this new prayer language that God has given me and I am strengthened on the inside. Paul knew the reality of needing to be strengthened in this, through the gift of tongues. He knew the reality. If we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives a list of all of the things that he had faced. He said, you know, I've been in prison frequently. I've been, in, I've been flogged severely. I have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. You know that? You think you get the message of not to travel by sea, wouldn't you? Three times I was shipwrecked. And he goes on and on. And this is a man who knew the value of being strengthened in the Lord through this gift of tongues. So when he's writing to the Corinthians, say, you know, anyone who speaks in tongues strengthens themselves. I believe he's speaking out of that personal experience because he knew he needed to be strengthened. And I believe that it is time for us to grow in confidence in that gift. That as we look at this season of preparation ahead of us, a preparation for Christmas and New Year, but a preparation for pursuing what God has got for us next year, we need to grow in confidence in what God has got for us through the Speaking through the gift of speaking in tongues. There are many, many people who you've got that gift, but it's more a whisper than an audible voice. And God wants you to grow in confidence so that you're not whispering in tongues. You see, the scripture never mentions that God has given you the gift of whispering in tongues. It talks about speaking in tongues. And when we speak, we expect to be in such a volume that someone can hear. Now, God isn't deaf, unlike some of us. He isn't deaf. But the reason we need to grow in confidence in speaking to and speak out with ever-increasing volume is not that God hears more, but that we grow more in confidence in the gift that God has given us. Here's a challenge for the next few weeks. Give yourself 
to speaking in tongues for, say, 10 minutes. Now, at a time. Now, for you holy people who already do that, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up. You possibly already do that. Well, build on that. Because what we need to do is build in ourselves these disciplines. And I honestly believe that if we are not doing this already, as we give ourselves to building ourselves up, as we speak in tongues for an increasing length of time, God will do something incredible in us. And as God does something incredible in you, so every one of us benefits. You see, this is the beauty of being in community. This is the beauty of being in church. That as you grow in God, we all benefit. So we need each other to grow in order that every one of us might benefit from their growth. And that is the way God has decided to be. So over these next few weeks, give yourself to speaking in tongues. Ten minutes a day. And then come and share the testimony of what God has done in your life through that. And there are people here, perhaps you've never ever spoken in tongues I believe firmly that God has that gift for you. And all I would say to you is continue to press in, continue to ask, seeking, earnestly desiring. Pray in your mother tongue. But then when you run out of words, move into that prayer language that God will give you. And it's incredible in terms of the release it brings us to pray in a way we perhaps weren't praying before. Speaking in tongue. But then Paul goes on to mention something else. And that is he mentions about uh, praying in the spirit. He says, I will pray with my mind, but I will pray with my spirit. And when Paul is speaking about this, He's speaking about, he is praying in tongues, with my spirit. But he doesn't just leave it with speaking, he mentions singing. He says, I will sing with my mind, and that's what we've done today, and our spirits rise to that. But he also says, I will I sing with my spirit. Surely what Paul is speaking of here is that ability to sing in tongues. And this is a gift, I think, as a community, we are in danger of losing. And so the challenge is for us to move from speaking to singing. You know, Psalm 149, I believe this is almost like a prophetic uh, word over what was going to be happening in the church thousands of years later, where the psalmist says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. There is no better way of singing a new song to the Lord as you singing in tongues. Because I guarantee the person next to you hasn't got the same song. Because what you're doing is you're communicating with that prayer language God has given you. But a tune, a song. And it doesn't say that it has to be a tuneful tune. It just says sing, sing <laughs> joy is the hallmark. Not whether, you are <laughs> not whether you are in tune or not. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the people. I believe that God has got this gift for us as a community. That as we all arise in confidence and build confidence, as we speak out in tongues, 
So God will lead us if our hearts desire into that singing in tongues and we as a community will give rise to a new song to Jesus. Some years ago, Richard and I, when we were in India, um, all the boys sit on one side and all the girls sit on the other side at the college where we are. And we asked the girls if they would just start singing. We got the boys to keep quiet. Now, the girls were much more tuneful, I've got to say, than the boys. The idea the boys had of singing was to screech as loud as they could. The girls had this lovely, gentle spirit. And they started this new song. And it was just as if heaven was touching earth. It was the sort of song, and you just made the hair on your head stand on end. Miracles! <laughs> and you got that tingle factor. And then we spoke to these girls afterwards because there was such a unity, such a harmony in the song. What was that song? Because, of course, when they're singing many songs in Hindi, uh, Richard is not able to interpret. That is one of his weaknesses. <laughs> Just one of many. So he's not able to... And, and so, as far as we were concerned, it was a song in Hindi. And what they said was, oh, no, sir. It wasn't a song in Hindi. It was a song in tongues, but they were singing in perfect unity. It was absolutely amazing. Now, to be honest, it's only happened the once. But it was that heavenly moment. I believe God has got heavenly moments, heavenly contact, heavenly interaction as we come together, as we seek to reach out in the gifts that God has given to us. You see, this is all to do with freedom. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. And some of us need to move beyond where we are into ever-increasing freedom. And sometimes that involves us speaking out. And sometimes it involves physical engagement in a way that some of us find challenging. And I want to speak to those who are very expressive in worship in this community. And you know who you are. And everybody else knows who they are. Because they're standing next to you. In other words, <laughs> freedom. And what I want to say to those people who are very expressive in worship, keep going. Dig deeper. Have greater freedom, but try not to put any eyes out as you worship. Because we want to move on in the things of God. And I, I, I can speak from personal experience that as we physically engage in worship, something happens on the inside to free us up. And I believe that's the way God has designed it. But some of us are so bound. So those people who are very expressive, please keep going because we need you to help show the way to what God has got for us. You see, coming, uh, being brought up in a Methodist church, uh, I used to get my hands this high because I had a hymn book in it. You know, the, the thought of stuff on the screen, well, that would have been one step too far. So you had your hymn book. But when I was born again and then baptized in the Spirit, it was, instead of the hymn book, the hands here. Oh, and that was a major breakthrough. Just put your hands there now. Just put your hands there. Is there anyone in the room who has never had their hands as high as that? 
<laughs> it's great when you do that because as soon as they put the hand up, you say, well, you have now. And I remember many years ago, before most in this room were born, at a big Christian event in the City Hall at Newcastle. And it was a wonderful worship time, and hands were this high. And God so designed it so that there was a young person in front of me. Well, we were all young then. A young person in front of me. And during the worship, it was as if they were reaching out to heaven. It was like they were standing on tiptoes, reaching out to heaven. And they enjoyed such freedom. And it did not encroach. It wasn't an issue for others. But they were just so tuned in and reaching out. And I was standing behind them. And I thought, I want that. Because it spoke of freedom. It spoke, it spoke of something I can't do. You see, if you can't do it, you're locked in. If you make a choice not to do it, that's a different matter. But there was a sense of, I can't do this. And I'm standing behind this person. They're reaching out to heaven. I thought I want to. So the, there's a problem, you see, isn't there? When we come to be challenged about our physical expression of worship, we have this idea that everyone around us is looking at us. And so I had this idea that everyone in the city hall, 2,000 people are looking at me. And so you become very self-conscious. And you know, you need to get that message from God. You're not that important. <laughs> Everyone's not looking at you for a very good reason. They're all doing business with God themselves. And so as time went on, it was a question of just growing and ever-increasing freedom to get the hands in the air, not to impress anybody, but to express the freedom that I wanted inside. Dancing. Dancing. There are people here who are incredible at dancing. Now, I've worked this out. The lighter you are, the easier dancing is. So when you get to that certain point of life where the pounds begin to gather, it's a greater and greater challenge. The knees may not be built for it. Now, this is a spiritual principle that applies to everyone in this room. So the thinner you are, the easier it is to dance. It applies to everyone in this room except one Welsh man. <laughs> Word of knowledge. <laughs> you know, there are people, they have unique styles. We won't go further than that. But I believe that as we give ourselves to preparation for this coming season, over these next few weeks, I believe God will take us into realms that we have not yet experienced. And I'm not wanting to hype anything up. You need to do business with God where you are. But you can today make that decision to give yourself to speaking in tongues for a significant length of time. You can make that decision today to grow in confidence so where you're whispering in tongues at the moment, you will speak out. And from speaking, you can sing out. And from singing, you can dance your heart out. And God will bring a freedom in this community that we have not so far 
experience. And as I look across this congregation, I can honestly say there's at least six people up for it. (laughs) And we are all facing the same challenges, folks. We all have these battles. I'm going to ask the band to come up because I'm not going to say any more. If, uh, if the band could come up, and we're going to celebrate. And I just want you to consider how you respond to what God is provoking within you today. Now, just as the band prepare, I've got two dates I would like, to, I'd like you to put in your diary. Because early in the new year, we're going to run two events here on a Saturday. First one is on a Saturday morning, uh, 10 till 12.30. And this is all under the title of Deeper. How we can go deeper into the things of God. And we're going to look at scriptural authority in a changing culture. We're going to look at praying and ministering over people. So the first date for your diary is the 14th of January. So please, put that in your diary. Publicity will be coming out. Students, you should be back And then on Saturday, the 25th of February, we're going to do a 10 till 3.30. A 10 till 3.30, and we're really privileged to have two people uh, with us that day. We've got Colin Nichols, who runs a training base for Christians in South Africa. And he's bringing with him Paul Simpson, who oversees an apostolic network based in South Africa. Oversees many, many churches. And these will be very, very powerful days as we come together to go deeper in the things of God. So that's the 14th of January, the 25th of February. There is a third date, but I'm not even going to go there yet. (laughs) Let's stand together. So the challenge is for us to move from where we are into the next step for us. And as we sing, you know, as we sing... We can change the English words and we can sing with the words God gives us. We can use these tunes, but we can put our own prayer language to these tunes. And I think that is a very useful way for us to move from uh, speaking in tongues to singing to to bring the new song. Because step by step we can develop this and see what God will do in it. So right now, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will take any pressure off us, that we might be at peace, Lord, but that will be a peace that wants to press into all that you have got for us. Father, we pray now, just release something within each one of us individually, that we might move on ever deeper into worship, ever deeper into the gifts of the Spirit that you have got for us. For it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let freedom reign in this house this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
have space at the front here. Bethany. For those who would like to join us here at the front. Hello, Kirsty. Come down the front here. Those who enjoy that expression, just come and fill this space. There are many here. Bethany, bring your husband. Liam, I believe God's got a word for you. You married her. You knew what you were getting, son. You knew what you were getting. Yeah. Sri Lanka. Let, oh, give, give our sister from Sri Lanka a warm welcome. Yes. Anyone else? Anne, come forward. You're very expressive. Come on, Anne. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. You see, what I find is that as you break things up, people are eager to join. Now, I'm not going to ask Richard to join for obvious reasons. Now, Shamai. Now, Shamai is from Sri Lanka. When we have coffee, please say something to Shamai because after this morning we might never see her again. <laughs> right, Ryan, you can start now. 